you know, you can do plastic surgery, get cosmetic tattoos and, you know, Botox and all of that. And that can help. And that's a control. But once you pass that, that is a big question mark for a lot of people. Mm. And that, I think, is where it really hits home. Let's start this thing, full. Hello, I'm Sam. And I'm Amelia. Welcome back to Ask the Joe podcast, a podcast where we aim to build better mindset for better relationships. Yeah, and this week on relationships, we're going to be talking about relationship with the topic of aging because it is something that's inevitable and the aging population is definitely growing within the next decade or so. So we wanted to discuss this and we researched and just looked at some stats around what the aging population is looking like. And with the World Health Organization, it's saying that by 2030, one in six people will be over the age of 60 years old. That's pretty interesting, isn't it, right? Mm. So declining in infertility and increasing in longevity yeah so it's good that we're living longer but then Mm. the people who want to have kids or children it's just becoming a decline yeah you could say people are more focused on themselves right and we have someone special that i've known for quite a while he was originally my physiotherapist (laughs) and now friend who has joined us to talk about this topic because he actually works closely in this space and has a bit of knowledge around aging population so we'll bring in leslie who will just chime in and help us discuss this topic so welcome (laughs) welcome liz hey thank you thank you very much sam and amelia for inviting me today i do think aging population this topic is it's a deep conversation it's a contemporary conversation and one that has a lot of meaning as well so thank you very much for inviting me today for sure we really wanted to learn more about it because Eventually, we're all going to get old, yeah. right? Well, we're, we're aging already, aren't yeah. we? You know, yeah. As we're speaking. Yeah, yeah. aging yeah. as we yes. speak. I can feel a wrinkle growing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want to see how you, like, what are your thoughts on this aging population and just us getting older in general? Yeah. So, firstly, I think aging is it's a big topic. You know, it's very complex. Everyone's emotions, physical aspects, their thought processes about aging is going to be different based on their education level, their socioeconomic status, their culture, and even sort of looking at nationality as well. You know, aging in Australia is going to be really different to aging, say, in the USA versus aging in Japan versus aging in the subpar, you know, um, in Africa, um, for example. So my thoughts on aging is just going to be based on my perception based on my experiences and my knowledge base and really happy to, to share with everyone. But I guess something I'll post to you guys, you know, to sort of ponder about aging is aging is synonymous with death, right? So you have life, you have aging and you have death. Death is usually a taboo topic, mm. you know, <laughs> yep, yep. and it's, it's quite depressing. It's, mm. it's, it's a, a really deep topic that a lot of people tend to avoid as much as possible. Yeah, like you don't want to think about it because, you know, you associate it with dying. Exactly. It's a negative connotation. It is. It is a negative connotation. Like what type of emotions would you guys have if I asked, 
um, for you to walk into a cemetery. I'd be scared. Mm. Yeah. It's like a sad kind of feeling because, you know, mm. people here are laying to rest. Yeah. And like if you were to, say, work in an aged care facility, you know, how would you feel if you had to look after older people that are at the end of life on a daily basis? How would that impact on your life as well? I don't think I could do that because, like, I feel like I'm a person who can feel or see or, like, just empathise with people too yeah. much to the point that I would actually feel or just want to be over-considerate. So to be in that type of role and watching people who are just struggling and is nearing to that end of life, it's just too sad for me. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I think for me, it's I deal with a lot of clients who do work in like aged care and yeah. and I give it to them because they it's a hard job I think yeah you, you, you're surrounded with as you said like people are aging coming to the near of life and for them to be able to support them and be there as their support mechanism as life progresses it's yeah it is really sad yeah because you you're working but you're watching people who may potentially be struggling as mm. well like yep. even just getting up lying back down like those type of struggles it's it's hard i think outside of that though it's forming that bond and that relationship with that person too Mm. yeah i think that's the saddest thing that's a really big point you know it's that emotional attachment isn't it you know if you build up that rapport that relationship and someone passes away that you've been looking after for months maybe even years It's 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 hard it's like losing a friend Maybe even like if you're so close, maybe even like a family distant member. family member, yeah. you know. So it can be, it can be pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to also ask though, why do you think people fear aging? Like your perception? <laughs> I, I think number one, uh, thanks for asking that question. That's big. It's big. So why do I think? I think the fear of aging, as we sort of mentioned, it does link with death, you know, and there is a phenomenon called death anxiety. A lot of uncertainties when you get older there's a lot of things that can be quite volatile in terms of your health you can't control that the main risk that i see is there's the longevity risk okay there's the cognitive risk you also have your health risk as well then you've also got the financial risk you see these are some of the the bigger risks that you need to face when you're getting older and when you're facing with these big decision-making, life-changing choices, it can be quite overwhelming for people. Obviously, these are like the the big pillars. There's the emotional part of it as well. So if we tap into emotions, aging can be more closely associated with loneliness. Mm. And we've experienced that, you know, during COVID far more markedly than before. It's, It's being brought up in media headlines far more often about loneliness, about having mental health issues. So these are some of the things that I'll tap into, which I think can cause fear of aging. Mm. And because it's such a big unknown, like you can't tell what's going to happen in the future as well. I think that's also what's bringing fear in terms of thinking about aging is like you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Life is like one big adventure, right? You know, it's a choose your own road sort of adventure book. Yeah. So as you go through aging, you're going to be losing your cognitive ability and your ability to make rational choices might not be the same as, say, 10 years down the track when you might have a health issue. 
or when you start to develop some cognitive decline, such as, you know, Alzheimer's. And, and usually with, I'll say dementia, because that's a more sort of a, a overarching sort of term. If you're looking at dementia, a lot of the times is the, the small sort of uh, symptoms, the development of your brain sort of atrophying, it actually starts 20 years before you even have those symptoms. So these are things that occur is as a progress. It's not a one-off event. And I'd say that for aging, it's, it's a process. It's not an event. I'm not going to say, Amelia, you have just aged today. Yeah. You or know, like, like you break an arm where you know, it's like more it's, instant. Yeah, it's not it's not something that you sort of see and you define right now. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, that's actually pretty true when you put it in that perspective because it's a progress that you see over time. Mm. And I think that most people they'll probably see things that happen to themselves, like as they age, right? And they don't take it serious or they don't realize it. So they're just like, oh, okay, it's just I'm living my everyday life. This is how it is. Mm. and that one switch when everything happens in one go that's when they're like oh okay this is what's happened to me now well i feel like people brush it off by saying oh i'm just getting too old for this or i'm too old now and that's in a way to me why i don't like that saying is because you're just brushing it off and kind of giving an excuse that you're getting old so you don't want to deal with it like you don't want to work on your health or you Mm. don't want to go for a run or whatever it may be and that's why I don't like that term because, like, yeah, everyone's going to get old, but you shouldn't just leave it and be like, that is the reason why I'm not going to go work yeah, on myself. Totally. With that, it's, it's not taking responsibility, right, for, for your own self. And you're sort of putting it off because it's not, it's not urgent. You know what I mean? So what I'd say is the choices that we make today are going to echo into the future. That's going to be the final product. Like every choice that we make today is going to influence the final outcome for 40 years, 50 years down the track, yeah. you know? So what, what type of choices are we making? Like behavior-wise, mindset-wise, right? Do we have to be always positive? I think being positive all the time can be pretty... Not everything is always you know, going to yeah. be... It's an effort, right? You need a lot of energy to be upbeat and positive all the time. And that's not something that we're asking for, but more so okay, can we change our behavior today? And say, looking at diet, if your diet is poor or needs to be checked up, then maybe making an appointment with a dietitian or your medical professional to just start that journey, take that first step. If you're not exercising, being more proactive, I think is, is a great way to, to take that first step. And it really is just um, initiating that first step afterwards it becomes, it's just more finesse. Yeah. It becomes easier. Yeah, I was going to dial it back a little bit because you mentioned all these things, but people, well, the, the social aspect, people still have that negative connotation with aging though. Why do you think that happens? And is there something that we can change with that? Mm. So it's called ageism. So the fear of aging or trying to shun aging away. Like right now in our modern day society, you don't really see too many aged people because they're either in a retirement village or they're in an aged care facility. We don't see too many. The only old people that we would see in a day-to-day basis would be those who are a bit more independent and are going to do their grocery shopping, right? I think one of the things, if, if we're looking at why, why we sort of fear um, about aging is more so something that is most common is the aesthetic. You look your appearance, you know, that scares a lot of people. 
Yeah. And with the few generations that gone through since, you know, World War II, is the economy has done really well. You know, particularly if you're looking at America, you know, they've done really, really well. Property prices have boomed. Stock prices have boomed. Everyone's wealth has been really, really good. The life satisfaction has been absolutely amazing. So when you're looking at that, people have a sense of control. They're taking holidays. They're eating out. They're having the time of their lives. They have that control. But when it comes to aging, that's something that is an unknown that they can't really control. You know, you can do plastic surgery, get cosmetic tattoos and, you know, Botox and all of that. And that can help. And that's a control. But once you pass that, that is a big question mark for a lot of people. Mm. And that, I think, is where it really hits home. You look old, you're starting to feel old. And that's where these two things, how you feel, like what you think mentally, there's a, a gap between how you actually physically feeling. Because mm. I, I think if I'm relating back to myself, we're in our 30s now, but I genuinely feel quite healthy. Like I feel like I can move well, I can, and we exercise a lot, but I definitely, when I do a lot of intense workouts, I do feel that you just struggle a bit more than you would mm, yeah. in yeah. terms of energy when it was, you know, five years ago. Like you can feel that, but generally if I'm walking around day to day, I still feel like I'm in my 20s. So right. you can feel that. Gap. I used to be able to do cartwheels. I can't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta show us after this. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say the same thing because that's what I realized is, yeah, we're in the 30s. If you look at it from 10 years ago, recovery, your metabolism, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah, besides the physical appearance has changed. I think that when you feel those things that, that aren't what it used to be, that kind of makes you feel like, oh, shit, I'm getting There's older. There's like a bit of a lag between yeah. your perception yeah. as opposed to the reality. For sure, for sure. And we, we all have this perception that, where we're at our prime, you know, we're all superhumans mm. up until <laughs> something happens, something happens yeah. right? Yeah. And, and that, that vision shatters right in front of you. And that's where that your, your self-esteem and your confidence just breaks apart. There's no foundation anymore. You know, you can't, you can't live in denial with this illusion that you're still, you know, really young and, and everything's still going to be the same for forever. Mm. You know, we tend to think like that. You know, we tend to think when we are having good times that it's going to last forever. Yeah. And, and that is, that's a present bias. Like we're biased to what we feel, what we can achieve right now. And that, that I think is, it comes back to that gap. You know, what we perceive, what the illusion or, or what that our imagination is, is, is happening in our head with what's really happening with our body, which is declining day to day. Yeah, and I think that's like where people think this fear starts is because then they stop at that point where they're like, okay, I've realized that my body isn't as active or doesn't move as well as it used to. And then they're like, oh, it's because I'm getting old. But then they don't, like, I feel like people can actually take an extra step after that and like how can I make myself still maintain my healthiness or how do I maintain myself to be able to still move mm. as best as I can in the body now. But people are just like, nah, I'm old and it just stops there. Yep. Whereas I feel like people can take that extra step mm -hmm. and just mm -hmm. do a bit more. Yep. I think with that, it, it, it does require a lot of encouragement. It does take a lot of courage to take that step for some people. And again, everyone's a bit different, right? Some people might be brought up in a family where they don't have a lot of support 
they don't have encouragement from their family, their friends, their teachers. That's one aspect, you know, their self-esteem issue. So when they are faced with aging, they just take it because that's what they've always done. No one's there to help them. They just accept it. Then you've got the type that have the ability but choose not to do anything. And that's just a lazy habit. <laughs> and, 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 and that's something that you can do something about, right? Yeah. Okay. And then you've got the other type, which are proactive. I have a problem. Maybe it takes a bit of time to go through that accepting phase and then redirecting that energy of feeling grief or, or anxious and directing that into like an action, you know, and managing it. How do I manage it? Do I seek professional? Can I manage it myself with research? Or can I talk to people who have gone through that um, process to get some advice, a mentor perhaps? Like these are all avenues that people can take to take that next step and go, hey, I'm aging. Well, what is it with aging? Is it appearance? Um, is it that I am starting to lose my mobility? Like I'm weaker. Can I do something about it? Is it my hearing, you know, or is it my vision? Are these things that I can take necessary steps to try and address before it becomes too late? Mm, yeah. yeah, that's a pretty good point. That's why they say the age old tale is do it while you're young, right? Because <laughs> you're young, you can have, you can expense all the energy to, that's to right. do whatever you need to do. That's right. But those things that you just mentioned is actually a pretty good way to think of things, right? And from your perspective, do you think that's a better way to have a better relationship with aging? I think so. I, I would agree with that. I think a lot of the times is with fear, it's, it's a thought process, isn't it? And usually reality is totally separated from that thought. There, there is a gap. There's a distance between that. So in, in order to, to go through, I think acceptance is, is one of the key things. Being honest with yourself and going, look, it's, it's okay, it's natural, and it's common to fear about aging. Everyone's going through that, you know, but we might not talk about it openly because it's a weakness, right? You know, no one wants to be exposing their vulnerabilities to, to everyone, right? So they try to maybe hide it or they put it aside, but it takes a lot of strength and a lot of courage to be honest with yourself and then go through and try. I think trying is a really key thing. Mm, yeah. So with all those things mentioned, do you think people should be fearing getting older or aging? Or mm. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if I should be using the word should, Yeah. you know, yep. but like a lot of research has shown that for people who are in their mid midlife, that fear of aging is at its peak. And then it slowly tapers off. Once you get to about your 60s and 70s, that fear of aging or fear of death, you know, starts to lower. Yeah. So fear is common. Should we fear it? I would like to say no. Don't fear aging. Embrace it. But everyone's journey, everyone's experience is, is really different. Yeah. Like yeah. if I was to look at myself, should I be fearing aging? I think when I was in primary school, no, I didn't fear aging at all. Because it's so far away. Yeah, yeah, it's so far away. And you go through phases, right? You go through phases. I think when you're having a good time, you don't fear about aging, you know. But when things are a bit tough, 
then you start to have a lot of thoughts, right? It comes through your mind and you're going, okay, things are pretty tough. Life is really hard at the moment. What's going to happen in the future for me when I'm going to be more frail, when I'm probably going to be a bit more dependent on others? Who is there to assist me perhaps? Or how can I rely on myself? You know, these are the things that I think people should be spending their energy more on and, and not too much on the fear component. But I, I do want to stress that fear is common. It's natural. It's okay to have that. It's, it's part of being human. Don't be too hard on yourself if you are fearing it. But if it is affecting your day-to-day life, like if you have death anxiety, which is like a true phenomenon where you're always anxious about end of life, you know, you're not taking holidays because you're fearful that maybe your aunt, your grandma would pass away while you're overseas, for example. If you're having these thought processes that are affecting your life satisfaction or your quality of life on a day-to-day basis, then that's going to be a bit more pathological. And that's something that I would say you would need to have a talk with a professional about, maybe a psychologist about, just so that you can do some behavioral therapy perhaps to try and overcome that. But the normal, you know, having fear, I think that's okay. Mm. Yeah, no, that's really, really good advice. Yeah, just something more in the direction of because you're you work in that space or seeing a lot more clients who are in the elderly situation and you you do physiotherapy for them. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. So, what are some things that you can pick up on as we are probably having more parents who are getting older or people around us are getting older? What are some things that we can look out for in terms of like just watching out for them and being like making sure that they're healthy, they're doing the best that they can for themselves. So. Now we're sort of shifting the, the focus on more sort of elderly loved ones, right? Yeah, like people that, around us yeah. or even for ourselves to think about in the future. Absolutely. So with, with my line of work, I look after elderly patients who are in the community and, and then you've, you've also got the ones who are in residential aged care. So I'll probably start off with, you know, what we should be maybe having a look at, focusing on with the community side of things because they're usually a bit more independent. So if we're looking at that, one of the major issues are falls. So when you're over the age of 60, the, the chances of you having a fall or having an, sort of having one fall and then having a fall afterwards, it does increase by 30%. So falls is a really big thing. It's one of the highest number of hospitalizations like in the wow. world. Jeez. So that's a big one. So having a fall, trying to prevent it, Prevent, preventing falls, I think, is a big one, you know, for elderly loved ones. How do we go about preventing it, right? Yeah. So if you're seeing through observation, right, if you're having a look at maybe your, your mom or your dad who's walking and they're a little bit unsteady, uh, it just seems a bit off, then that's probably a, a good sign just to start that conversation and say, you know, what's, what's sort of happening? And there could be a, a plethora of, of reasons, you know. Is it because they had alcohol last night? Mm. You know, <laughs> they like, just had too much of a party you know, like, last yeah. night. So, so if that's the case, well, you know, just yeah, have a rest. You know, don't mm. have too much alcohol. But if it's something that's a little bit more serious, they've been feeling this for a long time, a bit unsteady with their legs. Is it weakness in their legs? Is it a balance issue? Do they have vestibular problems? Is it their eyesight that's having a problem, or is it because of sensation? And is it because of pain? These are some really common things that 
you know, once you identify it, you need to start the conversation to see, okay, what can we do to, to try and help? So falls is, is one that we want to identify. Number two is how they staying independent at home if they're living by themselves, right? If they're living in a single story, I think usually the problems are less complex than say someone who's living in a like a old unit or an apartment where they have to overcome stairs. Okay. Um so looking at that, do they have support networks? Like these are all really key things. Other thing would be okay, if they if we're identifying falls, right? What about them being able to do the do the laundry by themselves? Do they have adequate strength in their arms? Do they have adequate movement in their shoulders to reach onto the clothesline? Because if they don't, they're going to be finding like a small stool, right? And with the stool, it can be a bit unsteady, which can then lead to a fall. Or if they're not, if, if it's not tall enough, they have like a lack of range of motion in their shoulder, it causes pain. That could also be an issue as well. So these are just some really common things I think we should be just having a look at. You know, that's coming from the physical um, part. Just like seeing how they're moving in their daily task and if they're struggling with anything. Yeah. I think having that conversation just to say, um, just asking them how things are going, are there any challenges? And if they open up, then we can explore that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I think you've got to really change your your mindset with being more attentive to seeing your parents in terms of how they move and whatnot, because then you can ask the question. If you're if you're looking at behavior, right, it just come it, it does come down to a bit of behavior. If there's someone who is really quite open and 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 they're, they're talking all the time or they're quite active, and then you start to see a decline in them sitting more, being more sedentary, and they're, they're, they're less sort of vocal about expressing themselves, then that could be a sign that there's something going on. Whether is it because of, of pain? Pain is also is a common thing that people tend to shut off um, from everyone because it's, it's a very personal, subjective experience. No one understands how much pain they're going through. I might say that I have a, a 10 out of 10 pain. Once I, you know, I might cut my finger. You know, I got to tell the whole world, right? <laughs> but someone might have had um, a hammer you know, fall onto their toe. And they would say that that's only a one out of 10 for pain. So everyone's a little bit different as to how they gauge pain. But changing behavior is a very, very common one. And if they say they're sitting more, is it because they're scared of falling? Have they already had a fall that they haven't told anyone? And now they're moving less, they're drinking less because they don't want to go to the bathroom because they're scared of having another fall. Or is it because they have low back pain or sciatica or pins and needles in their legs because, and, and which is causing them to not take that chance? Yeah. So we did touch on, on like how to work around getting anxious for yourself aging, but how do you get around the anxiousness that you would feel for people around you, like friends and family aging? That's a, that's a big question. How do we get around the, the anxiety of, of aging, right? Yeah, but like for the people around us. I think starting conversations with people that you trust is a good start. I think it's, it's, it's an easy way to start talking about it. Mm. And when you start talking about it, there, there's a level of confidence in yourself that you can build from that because 
people relate to it. Your your own sphere of influence. If if you start talking about it, perhaps they'll be like, "Hey, I experienced that as well." And then you have this connection. So you you belong to a group that we all feel aging. So it's normal. It's not just you now. Mm. It's a whole group of people that feels the same thing. And so when you belong to a group that is aging, which is pretty much like the whole society, right? Mm. But within your your friends, you, you, there's a level of reassurance that you're not alone and that it is okay, that it is normal. And then from there, when you start talking about things, you're, you're debriefing about your experiences, your emotions, the memories, maybe even trauma, and you're allowing the emotions to get out of your body, get out of the system. And then once you bypass the emotional side of things, which is usually where the fear comes from, then you can start looking at ways, practical ways, together, exercise together. You know, let's do a walk together instead of just sitting down and having coffee as a catch-up. Let's go for a walk. Would that apply as well for if you're anxious about, say, your, your mom's getting older and you're feeling anxious, you knowing that she's getting older? Mm. Is that something similar that you could apply to as well? Or? I think it's a bit different. And the reason why I say that is when you, if, if I ask you guys, right, if you had to give advice to someone that is not related to you, would you feel comfortable in doing that versus giving advice to, say, your father or your mother and telling them not to do something? Would they listen to you? It's a bit different, right? I would be okay to give advice. Yeah, like I, yeah. I'd still give advice, but it's more, it's less of a you should do this, you should do that. It's just like, yeah, have you be thought open about to this? The, yeah. yeah. Know, just being considerate. Absolutely. I think everyone's approach is a bit different. Um, my approach is a bit more... Physiotherapist it, 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 <laughs> touch. It, just, a, just a tad, just a tad. It, it, it comes across, like, I think... For me, because I've seen so so many falls or I've seen so many incidents that arise from small things that build up, uh, I see the urgency of the matter and, and I would like to get it treated with a priority, you know, pretty much immediately sort of thing. Like, obviously, it's not ideal, you know, because everyone's got their own, own pattern, their own way of thinking. Uh, my mom can be a little bit uh, headstrong. I'm a little bit headstrong as well. And so that can be a bit of a clash, right? So it, it doesn't work out that way. Yeah. But when you start to demonstrate, then it becomes a bit easier. You know, when we do it together, it becomes a bit easier. Like going for a walk together. Yeah. So coming back to your question, how would you deal with it? I, I think it depends on the person that you're trying to give advice or assistance to. And it also depends on how close your relationship is. It depends on how they take things. So you need to know that person. Do they like to take things, you know, as like as a as an instruction? Is it instructive? Or are they a bit more defensive? If that is the case, maybe you need to take a bit more time, be a bit more indirect in your approach as well. So everyone's protective state is a bit different. Yeah. So and I think just being there for them is the best you could really do as well. Just being there hang out with them, going out just to at least just seeing them, making sure that they are okay. Mm. It's more relatable that way. I I feel like this kind of applies to me because I'm in finance, right? So I provide advice to people in all stages of life when it comes to money. So similar to you in the fact that, you know, you see different people in different stages and you go, hey, you're doing this differently to what I would normally do it. And exactly what you say, you've got to gauge the person because people perceive messages differently. They communicate differently. Mm. So they're going to react in a different way. I'm the kind of person that's very direct. So if I see something, I'm like, I've got to tell you straight up, this is what it is. But some people 
can't take it that way. So you've got to be really gentle and, and apply how you communicate to them in a way where they will respect it but understand what's going on. So I think there's that yeah. fine line, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. You need to read the room, right? Mm. You need to read the room to see if your approach is going to be tailored to to that particular person. Like you go see them too much and like, why are you always in my space? Yeah. <laughs> like get out of here. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I think that that question, I'm definitely stumped. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, it's it's hard. I think mm. it's really hard. But that's I'd say why we ask these questions. The, <laughs> but I think the companionship. I think that's that's an awesome, mm. an awesome start. I love that. I think companionship is is a big one. When you're going through this journey of aging, everyone's experiences is different. But having someone that you can trust, having someone that you can confide in. Yeah, and I think it also ties in because you did say that like aging is also fear of being lonely. So that kind of eliminates a bit of that loneliness too and reduces the stress because you know that you've got someone there like your daughter or your son. Or- yeah, exactly, exactly. And, you know, just looking back to what Sam was talking about, with a, a rapidly aging population across the globe, you've got low fertility and you've got a higher longevity rate. When we're looking into the next decade, it's already happening right now, where people are having, they're delaying getting married, they're delaying, delaying having children or not having children. This is going to be a big issue because you will, a lot of people will not have that luxury of having children to support them. Um, they might not have a partner or a supporting network to help them as well. So that adds to that loneliness part. And I do think mm. that that could be a major challenge yeah. for yeah. all of us. That's actually really true because I feel like the, the way the society is going is the perception of life has changed and everyone has to work harder to achieve things. But not only that, but people are more focused on themselves. And I think that's just with the whole direction of how society is going and the expectations that we put on ourselves. Absolutely. I think this this drive, the underlying foundation is is capitalism, isn't it? You know, like you everyone's striving for that 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 x amount you know whether that's you know coming from your career or or investments you know finance right so everyone is really driven about okay what can i achieve for myself um and and so it distorts the the values back in like the industrial revolution you know every family would have maybe three four plus children right Even because, 10, like some you know, yeah, crazy like, amounts, yeah. So, like, yeah, exactly. 10 children. And that's, that's because back then child mortality was high. There was also children. They were, they were a utility, right? You know, you have more children. They could work for you, <laughs> make more money, right? <laughs> minions. Yeah, yeah. Like little minions. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it has shifted over the times. Looking after a child, you know, education and all these extracurricular activities, plus with the burden of, financial stress right now you know with inflation and and high interest rates it does become extra difficult we're looking at in australia at the moment where the inflation rate is really high we're still trying to tame it when you're looking at japan where they have one of the highest aging populations in the world and their fertility rate is at the lowest same thing with singapore and south korea it's not even at the replacement rate which is uh 2.1 okay which means that their population is declining, yeah. yeah, which is crazy. If you're looking at that, then the question begs, who's going to be supporting these older people when they're nearing retirement? 
where are you going to get the labor force, these young people to come and nurse them, to look after them for their care needs? It's going to be a big one. Yeah. Well, yeah. even running like general businesses in that country, like, you know, cafes or wherever, just to go and eat, there's no one working there because they're all old. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just thinking about that. Yeah. That's kind of sad, don't you think? Hey? Yeah. Like when you think about it and when you put it in that perspective, it's just like, geez, what's, what's mm. happening? It, it seems really gloomy, but my intention is not to paint it that way. But if you start looking at, say, China right now, their youth employment or unemployment rate is at 20%. So from what I've read, 15 to 24 years old, unemployment rate is around 20%. And the way that they get around it is they stay at university for longer, but that doesn't ensure them that they will find a job at the end of that journey. Some are pretty witty where they... Um, they, they, they call themselves full-time children where the mom and the dad pay them to stay at home and cook and, and do groceries. So like that works if your mom and dad can afford you to be a full-time child, right? Yeah. You know, wow. it's, so that, that's, that's one of the things that it's, it's changing. And with the, the shift in how we're perceiving work, right? It, it's becoming a, a more of a, a gig economy. People are, are more casual work. When you have a look at that and you don't have that safety net of having a stable income, some security, home ownership is going to be an issue. And if you're going to be renting up until your 50s and you're, you're, you know, you're still getting a paycheck, but when you start getting close to a retirement and you're preparing for retirement, then that becomes a, an extreme issue. You know, the choices you make now is going to have major ramifications when you're going to be 60 or 65, because you may not have a deposit for a house, you may not be um, a homeowner. And so there's this great divide, you know, once you're 60, you're making less of an income, there are less employment opportunities for you. Financial risk is a really big one, because how can you afford rent when you're only getting, I don't know, how much is the government paying, you know, pensioners nowadays? I don't know. It's not much. Like, yeah. it's not much. It's it's not even considered comfortable, yeah. you know, and then you're not look. you're, you haven't even factored in medical expenses. How do you, how, how do you go about predicting your health risk? You know, that's one of the pillars that we talked about right at the beginning, the health risk. Like if you start to have a declining health and you need medication, and it's not on the PBS. How are you going to afford that? Is it going to be paying the electricity bill or is it going to be paying for meds? You know, these are big ones. Um, longevity risk. If you're in that population where you are old, you're maybe, maybe not poor, but you're not super well off, right? Then longevity risk is going to be a big issue. If you're living 15, say 15 years more than what you anticipated and you don't have that money, then, then what's going to happen for the next 15 years? You know, yeah. it's not going to be quality of life. The, the reason why I'm trying to paint this sort of picture is because it is happening. You know, there's a lot of Australians and being being in Australia, we're already very fortunate that we do have the Medicare system. There, there is Centrelink. You know, the welfare is really good. But there are still so many people who are in the poorer socioeconomic status that have high chances of cancer because they're living on a main road because of the toxins coming from the roads, because noise pollution, you know, all of these increases their chances of cancer. If Australians, the vulnerable people in Australia are experiencing this or having, having, you know, these challenges, then it will have ramifications on 
the other parts of our society as well. That is scary. That's, it's scary, but it's also bloody <laughs> yeah. deep too, right? Yeah, but it's also like that is the reality. It it is reality, and I'm sure like a lot of your listeners, um, hey friends out there, it's not <laughs> it's not that bad. All right, you're probably doing much better than that. But when you paint it like that, you you feel the gravity of the situation and. You start to get an appreciation that hey, I'm actually in a pretty good position, that I can actually do something about the next five years or ten years. My perspective. So why am I not taking that next step? Mm. Like what you were asking, how do we go about addressing? How do we go about managing aging, the fear of aging, or the anxiety of aging? When you put it into perspective, these people that have no options versus you who have some options, why are you not taking that luxury? Yes,、yeah, like you have that option to do it and be proactive about it. Yeah, based on what you've just smashed us with <laughs> that, that deep information. <laughs> have you lost the word? I am. I, I do apologize, guys. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's good. We like that. Like we we like getting deep.、So. No, no, it, it's good. Would you say after all that that, you, that you've mentioned, the younger people now in in today's society, would you say proactiveness specifically is the thing that they need to implement to overcome? The snowball, yeah, the、effect. snowball <laughs> effect of aging and all these issues in terms of health and the things that you see、mm. in your profession. I, again, thank you for that question.、Um, you've definitely thrown the ball back to me. It's a, it's <laughs> a big one. A bit of tennis、um, here. <laughs> <laughs>、um, I, I think looking, looking at advice, you know, things that we can do right now for for people who are a bit, bit younger, right? I think number one is if we go back to. Those risks that we were talking about, you know, the health risk, the cognitive risk, the financial risk, and and the longevity risk. You know, if we're having a look at, okay, let's go to financial risk since we just talked about it. You know, financial risk. What can we do right now that can、um, at least give us more options down the road? Savings is a big one, right? Delayed gratification is another big one. You know, not having too much present bias, being able to have some time to sit down and. Think about what your future might entail. I think these are really good starts, and then you start delving deeper into. Okay, well, now I've got savings.、Uh, I've I might have a roof over my head right now.、Uh, are you renting? Are you a homeowner? Like that's another topic that we could talk about for like、yeah. a whole a whole day,、yeah. you know. But looking at health, that you've got the physical health, you've got the mental health, and then I do think that spiritually. Um, having that spiritual awareness is also something that's quite key.、Uh, we've been talking a lot of science right now, and now I throw in something about you know spirituality. It sounds a little bit off-putting, you know, or a bit. I think they all have importance, though. Yeah, yeah. From my perspective, I do think that、uh, spirituality plays in with mindset, how you see yourself as you are, and how you are within this society, within this world that we're living in. And when I mention about spirituality, it doesn't mean、um, that you have to be believing in like a particular religion or a faith. It's more so having that appreciation. If you look at Mother Nature, there's so much awe in it. You know, like life. We are another Earthling. You know, appreciating that. We could be、yeah. aliens. We we could be right. You know, we could be right. You know, so I think I think that's that's. Um, something that I, I I might just throw out there, you know, like you don't have to dig deep into it, but、um, with with our, I think Sam mentioned before about right now with with our society, it is becoming more fast paced. People are a bit more self centered, you know, maybe、uh, narcissistic, you know,、um, to the extent. 
like if you start to focus too much on yourself, you lose vision of the periphery. And, and I think the spirituality allows you to broaden that periphery and go, hey, I'm not the center of the universe. Just humbles you. I'm not, I'm not that important, really. Or obviously, everyone would like to think like that, right? But when you start to just appreciate that a little bit, you do become a bit more humble. The way you talk becomes a bit more modest. Yeah. Uh, there's humility there. You know, there's respect there. And, and I think these are key fundamental values that will help someone in their journey of aging. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also remembering to be grateful for, you know, just every moment each day. And that over time, as you build that muscle memory for gratitude, aging isn't as scary because you're appreciating everything that happens to you each day, right? So yeah, like when you age, you have less regrets. Like you, you're mm. not like, oh, I didn't do this. I didn't get to do that. But you appreciate the small things. Like I got the, the chance to try the best drink I've ever had in my life. Like mm. just the small things like that. I think yeah. that really helps to build from a younger age too. Like it shouldn't take till when you're old and you're like, oh crap, I, yeah, I just, I'm not happy with my life. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I, you've just reminded me being grateful is so important for the small things. Yeah. When you're most at peace, when you're most comfortable, it's usually when you're experiencing the most simplest form of life. And simplicity is elegance. Damn, that's some it words really of wisdom. It really is though. <laughs> like, because some yeah, people, they're just so fixated on all the things, like maybe problems or issues. Like they're all valid reasons, but if you're only fixated on the challenges, the problems, then you miss out on all the things that you can be grateful for. And then that's how you waste your time. Then next minute you're 50 years old and you haven't appreciated anything that happened in your life. Yeah, for sure. I can understand why people are fixated. That's human nature. We we see the problem, we're like, oh, we focus on the problem. We stress about it. And and it take it takes bloody practice to oversee that and over- overcome that's that that's why they right? have those gratitude journals and like you know journal prompts yeah. in the morning that you do and yeah that's right that's right just expanding on that when when you're looking at both the the good and the bad you know it, it reminds me actually of um Taoism. you know there's a you know the yin and the yang right mm. you know there, there's there's always a duality in everything that we see everything that we do so with that like when you see the bad, there has to be some good. There has to be some good. Okay, I'll paint a, pi- a picture, right? So you might be in agony, pain all around you. Surely there can't be any good in that, right? You know, like it's, it's psychological, psychological trauma. Physically, you're in pain. You're debilitated. What can any good come out from that? My thinking is if you are in pain, the pain itself, it's sort of like a circle. It's like a sphere, okay? That is the, your, your sphere of the environment. And then inside of that, you've got the sphere of your control, okay? You need to start focusing on what you can control, right? And that's where you start looking at relativity, you know? At the moment, I do have pain, but can I still walk? Yes, I can. So when you start to look at these things that you can control, that you can do, and you do these mental exercises with yourself, you start to have the idea of gratitude to go, I am not that bad. And when you have that, you will feel okay. It, it's not going to fix a situation, 
but at least mentally, you're in a better headspace. Yeah. I actually have a really interesting story. So I have this colleague who I think she had sciatica or something like some sort of nerve pain in the lower spine. So generally people are like, oh, I'm like, now I'm in pain. It's difficult to walk. And she has the best mindset. She's just like, at least I don't feel the pain because it's numb. And she's just like walking, <laughs> like just slowly walking around. But I think it's just like things like that. See, people seeing life in that way where there is still some good in that challenge that they're facing at that point in time. Yeah, absolutely. And like coming from that example, the, the mindset is really good, but it also takes a lot of courage, a lot of bravery to do that. When, when, you're, when you're seeing the world through dark lens, it is so hard. Yeah. It is so hard. Just to, the energy that you need to put into it to try and flip it upside down and make it it's, you know, brighter. It, it is tough. Mm. It is really tough. And to do that by yourself, even tougher. Yeah. 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 Jeez. Well, we're running a little bit short on time, but we did want to touch on because you have two books. I think one's in Chinese, right? And yes. one's an English one. Did you want to talk a little bit about that and how that also ties in oh, to okay. mindset? So is this the time for me to hard sell my yes, books? Hard yes, it sell. is. <laughs> go, go hard or go home. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, there, there's, there's two books. The, the English one is called Remember Who You Are. Um, and it, it just talks about that sounds being, so wise already. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Deep. <laughs> um, it, it just talks about authenticity, connecting with, who we are, being comfortable with who we are. So that's that's the that's the first book. Um, the second book, which is in Chinese, that one is uh, uh, I can't remember the name actually. <laughs> Your own book, you don't um, ever remember. <laughs> I, I I don't remember the English the English name. Are you saying Chinese? You're saying Chinese. The the Chinese is So in English, it's called. English title is Staying Young While Growing Old, Stories of Possibilities. So that's, that's the, the Chinese book. And that particularly connects with what we're talking today about aging, you know, about we are aging, but there are still possibilities out there. You still have a choice. Damn. No, I love that. Yeah, that's that's good. really, really good. Yeah. And where, where can they find these two novels? Oh, yes. Novels. <laughs> Story books, read it for your kids as they're going to sleep. <laughs> uh, so, so English book is the Amazon and also Booktopia. Um, and for the Chinese one, that one you can get it from Google Play, I think. Mm, that's cool. Yeah. And what inspired you to write those two books? So, a bit of a personal story. So, the, the first book was published in 2018. And a, a few years before that, I was, I was going through a pretty difficult time. It was pretty dark for me as well. Mm. And so, the only outlet was to write. Writing was my way of expressing myself and also, therapy, I guess... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was very therapeutic. I was sort of myself with my thoughts, allowing the thoughts to float through. And just help other people in a similar yeah, situation. Yeah, so, yeah, initially it, the, the writing was just something private and then it uh, sort of started to, I started to write more and I came across uh, a quote which said, you know, if you're healing and you find the treatment to your scars, then pass that on to other people. And I thought, oh, maybe... Sounds like a really awesome idea. And yeah, I just went with it. And, you know, I think the, the best part about it is the, the youngest 
uh, reader that I know of is nine years old who, who has wow. read the book. Oh. Nine years and old. And the oldest is 96. Wow. Oh. That's awesome. One of my friends, you know, sort of um, in the aged care, glaucoma, she can't really read, it's fuzzy. So she gets her, her neighbor who's like, 91 to read it to her <laughs> and i thought it was it was so sweet and yeah. you know that was like an epiphany you know so yeah that's awesome yeah. Mm. just the stories and like the experiences that you hear about that comes from your book that's really that's really cool yeah there you go any... there you go thanks for that opportunity to hard no, sell that's all right any, <laughs> any new books or new writings in uh, you know what i i don't know i don't know um perhaps perhaps Mm, yeah that's really cool yeah well we'll finish it off with just three tips of people who are going through this phase either people around them or themselves what are some tips to give and share um the first one i think is to have self-compassion number two is stay healthy number three stay Stay curious curious, my friend Mm. why stay curious so staying curious keeps your mind active you learn better you're more involved in what's happening around you. And by learning, you're growing. And when you're growing, you can see that aging is not a passive event. It's an active process. Yeah. I think it's good because if you're curious, you're always learning. And also like from that, you just learn from other people or you kind of like connect with other people, which just, and like, it's all like a cycle. It goes back into like gratitude and enjoying all the small things and things like that. It's all like interconnected. That's right. And um, that's the, the, the mindset, right? Yeah. yeah. The, mindset, the mindset. That's you know? true, right? Yeah. Before we leave, any plugs that you want to yeah. share? I know you don't really use socials, but <laughs> any websites or like, because you have Web- your own physiotherapy yeah. business. Yes, yes. So the, the Allied Health, our, our company is HYZ Allied Health, and we provide a lot of allied health services to those who are elderly in our community, I, I tend to say it's the uh, Uber of Allied Health. So yeah, you know, so you're mobile, you go to yeah, we're, we're, yeah. we're totally mobile. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, with that, we've ran out of time. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Les. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Amelia. I've talked a lot. Yeah, it's, <laughs> no. good. Like, it's been really, really good. Like it's just great, learned yeah. so much just from this conversation. Appreciate it. You know, I, I, I love these deep meaningful and contemporary sort of conversations that I think will add value. Yeah, definitely will add value. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thank you. And with that, let us know in the comments if this has really added some value to you guys when it comes to aging. So I think it is definitely a, a deep conversation that everyone should be looking into and having. Well, it's just like having a think about it. Yeah. Don't try and avoid it. It's not as scary as you might think it is and just be grateful for all the little things in life yeah (laughs) that's it for today thank you and bye peace thank you so much for joining us and tuning in to this episode if you're loving this podcast please hit the follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to ding ding it would mean the world to us if you could give us a star rating and feedback so we can continue to improve on bringing better content to you yeah yeah
If you found this episode helpful in any way, or you know someone who'd need this, please share it with them as we're all about helping each other out. Don't forget we love listening to your ideas too, so make sure you share any topics that you'd like us to cover or questions you might have to our Instagram with the handle Ask the Duo Podcast. Slide it into our DMs, baby. Pika pika. You can stay in the loop of all the behind the scenes or the release of our new episodes there too. All right, that's it for now. And we'll see you back here for our next episode. Bye. Bye.